messages titled God Speaks. And this is week three, message three. Um, first message was God Speaks, an unchanging message. God doesn't change, amen? The world changes, politicians, you know, they change out. Uh, all kinds of things happen in this world. Change is pretty consistent, but God does not change. Once you learn something about God, it's rock solid in your heart and mind. You don't have to worry about God being wishy-washy uh, or changing. Amen? He has a steady standard. God speaks an unchanging message. And then the next week, we spoke on God speaks through the world he created. Amen? And this week, it is through his word. And, and we're going to talk a lot today about this book. Never take this book for granted. Amen? Never take it for granted. God speaks through his word. I want you to grab your Bibles and turn to Psalm 19. And we're going to read verses 7 through 11. Psalm 19, verses 7 through 11. And this is, all of these passages of Scripture are about God's word. Psalm 19, 7 through 11. Reads like this. The law of the Lord is perfect. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Verse 8, the precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true, true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Verse 11, moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. God speaks both through his world and through his word. As God speaks through his word, he makes clear, listen to these things. He makes clear his character and his nature. Mankind's character and nature. How man can be reconciled to God through God's Son, Jesus Christ. And the Word provides warning for disobedience. Promises reward for obedience. And with the greatest reward being God Himself. I mean, that, that's exciting to me. That's exciting. That's dynamic in and of itself. We could stop there and preach the rest of the service just on, on those things. What he makes clear and, and the warnings that he gives us. But we're going to move on. As I said in last, last week's message, Francis Bacon, the 15th century scientist credited with developing the scientific method, said, there are two books laid before us to study to prevent us from falling into error. First is the volume of the Scriptures, which reveal the will of God. Then the volume of creation, which expresses His power. And what he was referring to, in his opinion, all science pointed to God. That was his opinion. A lot of scientists today just don't see it that way, do they? But he, he's the guy that is credited with creating scientific method, which is a process of proving that something that science believes is true or not. For him, it all pointed to God. I think he had a great uh, perspective. 
Also, in last week's message, we considered how God speaks through creation. In this message, we're going to consider how God speaks through His Word, the Bible. Now, you might think that, that well, that's all ought to be pretty easy, and it is for me. I, I don't have any problem with that. And you can say to yourself, yeah, the Bible's a good book, right? The Bible's a good place to go for information, but... If, that, if we really believed that, all the way down into the core of our heart, there'd be no dust on any Bible in our home. Does that make sense? All right. We know, according to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, I bet I, I would consider that I've read this dozens of times in this church in the nearly last two years. 2 Timothy 3, 16, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Scripture is God's revelation of himself and his plan of redemption, which he accomplishes through Jesus Christ. Now, I, I pen these. I don't know, Nathan, if you've got Luke chapter 24, verses 25 through 27 pulled up. Do you have that? Yeah. Wow, Nathan. Luke 24, verses 25 through 27. And he said to them, and, and listen to this carefully, because, oh, foolish ones, in my notes, I took the liberty to underline that. Why? It's written in red. And Jesus is saying that these people are qualified to be called foolish ones, and why? And he said to them, oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. All that was in the written word they had up to that time. Does that make sense? Oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. I'm concerned for people who don't spend any time in the word learning about Father. I'm concerned about them. Well, let's spend some time today. Let's look together uh, to how God speaks through His Word. The first point of this message is, number one, God speaks to reveal His character and His nature. I mean, if we learn those two things, God's character and God's nature, we're going to be so much better off. Now, in the, in the first passage of Scripture from Psalm, verses 7, 8, and 9 read like this. Because I, I don't know what it is about about. You know, you just can't read the Bible without the help of the Holy Spirit because if you do, you miss thousands of things. You miss myriad things, all right? God speaks to reveal His character and His nature. In verses 7 through 9, it says this, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. God's revelation of himself in his word is an incredible picture of grace. We couldn't know God if he didn't take the initiative to reveal himself. Remember, he reached out to us. We did not reach out to him. He's taken such initiative, and he has done so through the word. Now, here's what I've done. I, I took some liberty with the verses 7 through 9, and I wrote this out this way. All right? And I got it from these three passages of Scripture, but see if it helps you understand what a hammer this passage of Scripture is, and it'll drive the point home. David uses several words to refer to God's Word. Law, 
testimony, precepts, commandment, fear, and rules. Now, when, when you take those words, take them out of context, take them out of the passage of Scripture and write them down in order and look at those words and what do those words mean to you? God's law, testimony, precepts, commandment, fear, and rules. With each reference to God's word, David lists the accompanying characteristics, which makes it more, more important. One is perfect. All of those things I just read to you for God is perfect. Amen? Sure. Right. Pure. Clean. Enduring. True and righteous. Does that not make it more powerful for you? You, do you, you understand what I'm saying? I just took the words, and David used a whole bunch of words, and sometimes you need to break those words down, write them down in a singular fashion, and focus on them. Look at them, all right? Finally, David lists the effects of God's Word right in those patches of Scripture. It says, it revives, it makes wise, it brings rejoicing, and it enlightens. You see what happens when you take a little bit of time to look at the passage of Scripture and see what it says. It takes a little effort. Amen? It takes a little time of cracking that book open. I, I can't tell you how many times in my life I've caught myself. I mean, I like to read the Bible through once a quarter. I like to do that. But if I'm not careful, I'll catch myself. You understand what I'm saying? Moving too fast. For the Holy Spirit even to interject something because I'm not paying attention to the Holy Spirit. I'm not paying attention to what it is God, I'm just, I'm meeting, uh, you know, if it's a feel-good obligation, it's, but it's an obligation, right? Do not read the Word of God by the law, read it by grace. Read the Word of God by grace, Amen. I mean, isn't that a simple approach to these passages of Scripture, yet it, it to me, it's more, it involves more revelation when I write down those individual words. Now, now, I've taken them out of context, but not incorrectly. Does that make sense? I didn't take them out out of order. I didn't take them out and try to make something of them that's not there because when you go backward now and read the passage of Scripture, I th believe it'll mean more to you. All right. It's important to remember that God's Word is a revelation of Himself to us. Amen? Isn't that important? It's important to remember that God's Word is a revelation of Himself to us. Always remember, we, listen to me carefully, this is going to insult some people. I, I, I mean, it could. Maybe it won't. But always remember, we don't worship the Bible, but rather the one who gave it. We don't. I've met people that have memorized the Bible. But something about it is missing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Even though they took the time to memorize the Bible, something was missing. I always remember, we don't worship the Bible, but rather the one who gave it. And I highlighted this. The reason the Bible is perfect and sure and right and pure and clean and enduring and righteous is because God is. Amen? The reason the Bible is perfect, sure, right, pure, clean, enduring, and righteous is because God is all those things. His revelation reveals, it reflects, and is consistent 
with his character and his nature. The reason why we can become revived and wise and joyful and enlightened by God's Word is because it points us to the one who can accomplish those things in us. God doesn't give us life and wisdom and joy as gifts outside or apart from or of himself, apart from himself. He doesn't give us those things. Amen? He gave us himself, and we find all those things in him. It's the word of God that points us to the God of the word, who then completely satisfies our soul with himself. I've got an important question for you. When you read God's Word, do you, uh, are you just simply, uh, you marvel at it, at the content of the book, or at the one to whom it points? Read it again. When you read God's Word, do you marvel simply at the content of the book, or at the one to whom it points? As you read the Word this week, ask yourself, what does this passage tell or show me about the character and the nature of God, and you will learn more. You will learn more. I'm going to read it again. As you read the Word this week, ask yourself, what does this passage tell or show me about the character and nature of God? Also, how does God want to use this passage of Scripture to revive me, make me wise, give me joy, and or enlighten my spirit? Amen? God's ultimate goal is to glorify Himself by making us more like Him. How many of you want to be more like Him? How many of you remember John Piper, great preacher? Amen? John Piper puts it this way, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. Second point, God speaks to show that our desire should be for Him. God speaks to show that our desire should be for Him. I want to look at the last two, or verse 10 and 11, from Psalm uh, that we looked at this morning. Verse 10, More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, in keeping them there is great reward. Though the Word of God should never be considered apart from the God of the Word. Am I driving these points home this morning? We'll read it again. The Word of God should never be considered apart from the God of the Word. God did not reveal Himself in His Word so that we might treat the book as our greatest treasure. He is our greatest treasure. Listen, listen. I'm, I mean, this is hard for me in a way because y'all know how I love this book. I mean, the way I talk about it, you know I love this book, right? And there must be a reason why God led me to this message, amen, that I need to pay more attention to the God of the book rather than the book about the God. Amen? All right. And maybe others of us need this. Uh, God didn't reveal himself in his words so that we might treat the book as our greatest treasure. Instead, he gave us his book, or yes, his book, so that we might know how to regard and worship Him as our greatest treasure in spirit and in truth. The reason God's Word is more desirable than gold and sweeter than honey is because through it, God leads us to Himself, the one who is preeminently desirable and who alone is worthy of our adoration. 
A growing love for the Word of God should naturally lead us toward a growing love for the God of the Word. This doesn't mean the Word of God is not valuable. I'm not saying that. I mean, this book is valuable. Amen? Not trying to diminish that. Listen, one of the reasons why we're preaching what we preach in this church now for me personally is get ready to go. It's to get us ready to go and so that we don't miss it. Amen? Everything we do now is in preparation for discipleship to be a part of the last great revival and see a lot of people saved and a lot of people prepared to go. Does that make sense? And, and this is just one of the messages that's going to help us move in that direction. The Word of God is valuable as a good gift from a good God. Amen? It not only tells us about God and what He is like, but it tells us about ourselves and what we are like. Amen? It warns us when we stray from God's standard, which is, has been, always will be holiness. 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 You know, that's just a, that's a word you just don't hear enough of anymore. You know, lately it's just something that Ruth and I have been talking about a lot. How that even I can help her and she can help me. Amen? It's showing up in the way that we pray together and how we pray for each other. That holiness, holiness in the day and age in which we live is a forgotten necessity. It's a forgotten necessity. If you want to be like God, you better study the subject because he's all about it. Amen? He's all about holiness. There's too many things in this world that have become acceptable in the house of God. I'll call it that I'll loosely. But if you want it to remain a house of God, because, because, you know, the money changers don't get kicked out of the church anymore. The Holy Ghost just leaves. The Holy Ghost just leaves. The Word of God is the means by which the Spirit of God confronts a lost man with his sin and draws him to a restored relationship with God through Christ. And he not only confronts the lost man, he confronts the man who thinks he's saved. The Word of God is also how the Spirit of God sanctifies believers. We need to be sanctified. Amen? That's shedding the ways of the world and pursuing the ways of God. Amen? In John chapter 17, verse 17, it says, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. But again, in all of this work, the word of God directs our desire to the God of the word. Another important question. Can you say with the psalmist in Psalm 119, verse 20, My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. See, we're so, we love grace. I mean, is there anybody here that doesn't love grace? I mean, grace is powerful stuff. But the reason why the church in America is in trouble today is they've forgotten that grace is a two-sided coin. Yes, it will forgive and cleanse of sins. All right? The other side of the coin, though, is it is the power of God to keep you from sin. We don't really care much for that side of the coin. We'd rather have the sign of the coin that says, well, you know, um, God loves me. Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. And, and you know, the blood, shed blood of Jesus Christ will cover it. 
Just listen to me carefully when I tell you that concept in the hearts and minds of people is deadly dangerous. Do not take God or his gifts for granted. Also, the psalmist said in Psalm 119, verse 129, your testimonies are wonderful, therefore my soul keeps them. You know, I mean, there's too many people in the body of Christ today. They, they call themselves members of the body of Christ They don't have any idea the Scripture even says that. I, I want to tell you, I stand here before you just like all of the rest of you in this room. I know what it's like to face a, a, a sin in my life. All right? I mean, if I stand up here and apply to you, I don't. I'm a liar, and, and I don't deserve to be your pastor. But one day I got to looking at this scripture and God challenged me and says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. A, a passage of scripture that we all should rely upon when we're tempted by sin, right? And God asked me by the power of the spirit, do you really believe what I said there? Do you really believe it? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I came to this conclusion. The times that I failed after that was because, what does it say? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I didn't let him strengthen me. Do you understand what I'm saying? There are times when we just choose to not let him because we want to do what we want to do. Amen? Well, I'm telling you, that thought nowadays terrifies me. It terrifies me. Amen? We, we need to perk up. We need to start listening. Amen? In here. And we need to start obeying God. And if that scares you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Because sometimes we need to be scared, don't we? All right? We need to ask God to give us love for his word and strength to obey it so that through it, God might cultivate a greater love in our hearts for Him. And this, this sermon's not complicated, is it? It's simple truth. As God does strengthen us, we will be challenged to live greater lives of obedience for His glory. So, here's what I hate to tell you. It ain't going to get no easier. It doesn't get easier from here. All right? I, I mean, look, look, look. Think about it for a minute. Is going back the other way, though, the answer? Do you really want to do that? No. No, we don't want to do that. That's a resounding no. Amen? We just need to pay attention to Father. Amen? For the saved, as we have seen, God speaks through His Word, revealing His character and His nature. Through His Word. He also knows that our desire should be for him. Amen? For the unsaved, the word of God shows the lost man that we don't live up to the demands of God's holy nature and that our desire is not for him if you're unsaved. But think about it this morning. If you call yourself a Christian and you're not desiring him, I'd say get right with God. Amen? Just get right with God. It's not that. Those aren't harsh words. I've had people get angry with me for a couple of things, talking about getting saved and taking up an offering. I had a guy get up and walk out of the church one day while I was taking up an offering. You know, and, and so I thought to myself, hmm, maybe I upset him talking about money. 
that wasn't enough that I figured it out. He had to call me and talk to me about it, you know. How many of you know me well enough to know that was a gutsy move on his part, <laughs> you know? Um, I wasn't mad at him. I wasn't angry with him, and I wasn't trying to hurt him. All I, what, how much good would it do for me not to reveal the, what, you know, the God of this book has to say about the subject? Amen? Anyway, it brings the lost man face to face with his need to be reconciled to, his, to this holy God, but it does it to those who think they know him too. Amen? And shows how that can take place only by repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And finally, the Word of God also points the believer to the God of the Word, bringing about an ever-deepening love for the God who loved him first. It amazes me. You know, I'll be fine. and write the lines. I, you know, I go over them, I go over them. And then when I know the Holy Spirit's in the room and I go to read the words, it just, it just goes right through me. It just goes right through me. And, and I'm going to tell you, it, it, and it's not just because of you. It's in my heart, too. Amen? You know, what good does it do for a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Amen? You know, I've said this week after week after week after week. I'm sick and tired of all this COVID junk. Sick and tired of it. Now, I pray every day that God helps me present to you what, what we need, what I need, what you need. And that's patience. And I believe I've done that. And I'm going to keep doing that. But there are so many things that I so deeply miss. You remember just before the COVID virus struck, we had altars built. Now, you get ready for this. Because if you don't like this, you don't, you don't need to be here. I mean, or you just need to stay in your seat or whatever. When this thing is over with, you know, I'm going to have two more altars built. I want four altars up here. And every service will end with an invitation. And you can come forward, pray about anything that's on your heart and mind, anything that God has laid on your heart and mind, and elders will be up here, and we'll anoint with oil, and we'll pray with you. And I believe that the Holy Ghost is going to meet people at the altars, all right? And he's going to change lives. Look, uh, it's possible, it's strongly possible that we're so close to Christ's return, all right? That it shouldn't matter to you anymore what people think of you because you went to the altar. Why is it that human nature always thinks the worst? And, and maybe it's not the other people in the pew didn't come down. Maybe, they, maybe they're happy for you because you went to the altar. Abandon anything that would keep you away from the altars of God and go. Amen? Because on that day, that time, because I can't say day because time won't matter anymore. But when God, when Christ is separating the sheep from the goats, you, you better be a lamb. Amen? Make me a lamb. Amen? And so listen, what do we do until then? I encourage you every week. And this could be a powerful thing for you in your life. So we can't gather up in a huddle right now, all right? But if there's an altar in your home, that's where you need to go. And I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, help me not to be just massaging people's ears. I pray, God, give me a message that's going to have impact. 
that when people get home later and they're praying, things come up within their heart and mind. And look, look, it takes a lot on your own to go after it with God. And the people that are doing it during this COVID virus are the people that are growing in God. Be one of those people. Amen? Be one of those people. Uh, I can tell you that there have been times in my life, uh, I was telling Julia this morning, I did not play my guitar in worship to God for 20 years of my life. I was so busy, I thought. I was so busy. And um, I would imagine that was pretty surprising in a way. But I am so glad to be playing because I play for one reason now and one reason only. It ain't for talent. It's for God. I just enjoy playing for God, you know. And uh, even this, remember this. You know this to be true. We're not professionals up here, but the Holy Ghost is starting to show up. And he's going to start teaching us what we're supposed to do with it when he, when he comes, all right? So let's, let's just keep praying past this thing with the COVID virus. Get it over. Get it out of the way. Amen. And just remember, you thought we were close and tight as a family before. We will cherish it. We will nourish it. And with prayer, we'll water it. Amen. And with our actions, our words, and our deeds, it's just going to get better and better and better. Amen. Until Jesus comes back to get us. Amen. Okay, please, please. I had a guy tell me one time, you say that too often because people, they don't believe you because you say it too often. But I'm going to say it every chance I get till Jesus comes to get me. Ruthie and me love you. We love you. Can you imagine somebody telling me you say that too much? That's not my problem. That was his problem. Amen. So stand up with me and in love. Let me pray for you in the name of Jesus and pray for me in the name of Jesus. And let's wake up. Let's leave the cemetery. Amen. It's too early to be in the cemetery. Amen. Father, I want to thank you in Jesus' name once again for these series of messages because we know that you speak because you spoke here today. You showed up, Father, and we thank you for that. We're so grateful, Lord. You're such a great God, a wonderful, wonderful God. And we just love you, Lord, for being. Thank you for being. Father, I, I thank you for a mother that once told me, and it stuck with me all of my life. She loved me just for breathing. She said, I love you just for breathing. Father, we love you just for being. We love you for being, Father. Thank you that everything that's been about you uh, has been out, out, it's been an outpouring on us as individuals. Forgive us for our lack of gratitude, our lack of consciousness, our lack of pursuit. Sin in our lives, Father, cleanse us, we pray in Jesus' name. Remind us about the Lamb's book of life in heaven. Father, make us sheep, not goats. Father, may each and every one of us in this room live lives that we're not surprised when we get to heaven and we're grouped up with the sheep. May it become an expectation every day of our lives that we're sheep, not goats. Thank you for that reminder. Father, we thank you for the encouragement today. We thank you, Father, for revelation. We thank you for godly conviction and we thank you for the godly reminders in this message today. Thank you for helping it to change our lives.
Father, may we begin to uh, think of ourselves not as just Christians. Not as, it's a great thing to be Christian. But Father, may we be disciples for your glory. Uh, may we align ourselves with that type of relationship with you that we're not only Christians, but we're disciples for your glory. Seeing the lost saved, seeing lives changed, lead us, guide us, and direct us because Jesus is the very essence of evangelism. And if Jesus is being manifest in our lives, we will affect others. Give us direction, give us words, Father, empower us by your Holy Ghost to be a great part of the last and great revival for your glory, at least of our lives. Watch over us as we depart from this place today. Go with us, Father. In Christ's name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Fellowship together before you leave.